Church, how are you doing tonight? You're doing awesome, good, fantastic, praise the Lord. What a winter, what a winter. I was, uh, last week I was in Elm. Elm is a place close by Glarus. I have never seen so much snow like when I was super young. It was about 100 years ago. This is crazy, amazing. Are you enjoying the snow? Yeah, me too. Me too. Hashtag me too. Um, let, sorry, it was not good. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, last Sunday we started a brand new series and about uh, living a, free, uh, a life of, uh, of freedom. And I want to ask you some questions about the last message. We spoke about the Elijah symptoms. For those people you have not been around, we spoke about fear, isolation, resignation, and emptiness. And so many people sh uh, show, uh, wrote me an email and said, thank you so much, Pastor Leo. It was a big help for me just to reflect my life a little bit. And I believe the beginning of a year is a good thing just to reflect your life a little bit that we become more like Jesus Christ. This is my goal. This is my vision and my dream to be more and more like Jesus Christ in every area uh, in, in my personal journey. And the title for tonight is, How Can I Recognize Negative Patterns in My Life? For all those people you love, you are more positive, this title means there are some issues inside of us and we have to, to, to work on those things. And before I, I will preach about Ahab, the king in the Old Testament, I want to I I lay a foundation about seeing and hearing. You know, here is a story, and I think you can relate. Sometimes my wife is asking me, can you go and bring me the garage key? And the garage key is in the drawer. And then I walk to the drawer, and then I open the drawer. It's not one key, there are keys and I start to look, where is the garage key? And I take every single key in my hand, and I cannot find the garage key. And after a while, I start to sweat because I know the garage key is in the drawer. Then I start again, I cannot find it. Maybe after five minutes, I say, honey, the garage key is not in the drawer. And then comes the moment. She walks to the drawer, and she says, honey, one move, and she picks out the garage key. And she's saying, don't tell me you are blind. I think women have the gifts of, 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 of magic. Otherwise, I, I cannot understand why this happened. And she always said, are you blind? And here's the thing, sometimes we see things, but we don't see it. Sometimes we hear things, but we don't get it. And I want to read seven Bible verses to you guys just to give you an expression. The Bible is full of see and hear. Let's go in the first Bible verse in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 18. Hear, you deaf. Look, you blind, and see. Hear, deaf, blind, and see. And we can relate about that Bible verse, maybe not in the spiritual things, when it comes to a key. Another Bible verse in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 19. Who is blind but my servant, and deaf like the messenger I sent? Who is blind like the one in the covenant with me, blind like the servant of the Lord? You can see blind, deaf, blind, blind. The whole Bible verse. The next one, Isaiah 42, verse 20. 
You have seen many things, but you pay no attention. Your ears are open, but you do not listen. Seen no attention again. The next Bible verse in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 8. Bring out the people who are blind, even though they have eyes, and those who cannot hear, even though they have ears. You see, blind eyes cannot hear, ears. The next one, are you ready? Jeremiah 5, verse 21. Hear this, you foolish and senseless people, who have eyes but do not see, and have ears but you don't hear. The next Bible verse, Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 2. Son of man, you're living amongst rebellious people. They have eyes to see, but don't see, and ears to hear, but don't hear. For they are rebellious people. You can see the whole Bible verse again. And the next Bible verse, I could go on for hours and hours and hours, but let's go with the last one. Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. For these people have heard, become callous, they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn, and I will heal them. Watch this out. Often, we don't see, we don't hear, we don't understand, and that could be a reason why you never receive a healing. I could go on and on and on and on, and I want to lay down a foundation. When it comes to spiritual matters, often we hear a message or we see a Bible verse, but we don't see really and we don't understand. And I believe it's very important that we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit and we give the Holy Spirit the permission to speak to you because he talks all the time to us. Because the Bible says to all the churches in the book of Revelation, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is always a message for you and also uh, myself. I want to start with Ahab, a king in the Old Testament that maybe you've no, never heard about Ahab. And I just thought, what will happen if I Google that name Ahab? When I take my smartphone and when I start to Google Ahab, it's very simple, that word, Ahab. And then by the picture, this is Ahab. And then the next one, you can see the profile of Ahab. And just watch for a moment the profile of Ahab. It's crazy. King of Israel, a fleck in the wind, a spoiled child, whiny, no backbone, a bad leader, easy to influence. And here's the thing. When you study about his life, there are a lot of things I think some people have a lot of in common. Right? I don't say you're Ahab. But we have certain things in common. In 1 Kings 21 and 25 and 26, I want to read this Bible verse to you. There was never anyone like Ahab who sold himself to the evil in the eyes of the Lord, urgent on be Jezebel his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner by going after idols like the Amorites the Lord drove out before Israel. And now maybe he's saying to me, why are you reading a Bible verse like this? Because I love the Lord. I love the church. I love my small group. I am a prayer warrior. I'm strong into listening to worship in, in the early in the morning. Why are you uh, quoting a Bible verse like that? 
And I think Ahab is a very, very strange and hard explanation about let's check our life a little bit what happens with Ahab and what could be some issues in my own heart. Because when we speak about Ahab, you have to understand our life is like a tree. In a tree, there are three areas. You have a root system, then you have the trunk here, and also some fruits. The fruits in our life is like our behaviors. Some good fruits and bad fruits, you can see behaviors, right? But the tree trunk means this is my behavior patterns. And the root system, it's a spiritual thing. Sometimes I allow certain things to be get rooted and it becomes patterns in my life and then some behaviors. And let's talk a little bit about our root system. What is really beneath, beneath our soul and heart and mind? Three things I want to share with you tonight. Point number one. Instead of power and influence, be thankful. Be thankful. You know, that topic starts already in the beginning of the Bible because God created the heaven and the earth and he was Lucifer and he was one of the best worship leaders in heaven. And after a while, the Lucifer is saying to God, I want to be like you. I want to have the same impact, the same influence, the same gifts. And here's the thing, jealousy often leads to power, to influence. It's like an engine, why I do what I do or why I don't do what I should do. And we have to understand the power of Ahab and I want to go a little bit into history because Ahab was number two in conquering of the land Number one was David and Ahab was number two. They conquered land like crazy. And it's nothing wrong to have an impact or influence. It's nothing wrong to be successful. But the question is always, what drives you? What is really beneath in your heart? And the second thing is, he built on, all the hill, on one hill a huge castle with horses. For those people, they say, oh, I love horses. I'm so much into horses. Don't take it romantic in that context because horses in that time of Ahab were weapon machines. Horses were good weapon machines to conquering land and even though kill people. And there were a famine in the land, can you imagine? And a king is supposed to give people food to take care for people, you know. Ahab only take one thing care he said, go out, guys, and find green grass and cut all the grass and bring the grass home for the horses because I have to feed the horses because I want to conquer more land. This was the DNA, the setting of Ahab. Successful, huge land, a big name. Here's a tension, to be really honest, because in the beginning of the Bible, God is giving us a calling. The first calling is be fruitful. That's very easy. When I was talking, I said, be fruitful, people going home and make babies. They always, they were standing ovation, Swiss people standing ovation. Now the past speaks about sex. That's a good church. Now it's always super quiet. And the second thing God is saying to us, actually, fill the earth and subdue it. That means Earth belongs to you. Do something. Make something out of it. That means when the Holy Spirit lives in me and God has given me a gift, there's a certain drive 
to influence the world. I want to influence the world with the gospel, right? I want to impact the world with churches. I want to impact my neighborhood with Jesus. It's nothing wrong planting churches, winning people for Christ, building a strong family company to earn as much money as you want. It's nothing wrong about it. There's a certain drive of the Holy Spirit, but behind the drive comes the question, what is my engine? Why I do what I do? Have you, have you ever known know, know that, that around the world, this is a crazy statistic, they, they, they came up with the statistic saying, in all the churches around the world, of all the congregation is 75% of all the congregations are women. And only 25% are men. And the 25% men are only going to church because the wife says so. And I said, why is that so that more women attending a church than men? And they came up with two things that said, worship is more related for women. And preaching is more about related to ladies, the grace of God and the love of God. And all the men are saying, I'm not, I'm not into grace. I want to change the world. They're always saying the wording of a preacher defines the audience. In our church, we have 50% women and 50% men because we talk about if God has given you gifts, go out and change the world. Come on. And to the ladies, we're saying, stay in the grace zone. We speak about both things, right? It's nothing wrong. I want to say to you, if the Holy Spirit has given you a gift, impact your neighborhood impact your family with the word of God but there is a but and I want to ask you some leadership questions and maybe you can think for a moment what is your what is the thing for you question number one what drives you what drives you where do you stop at nothing is my second question where do you exploit people where are you only interested in your own profit? The next question, where do you want to win at all cost? That could be mine. I, I love to win. I never lo I'm, I'm never losing. If I lost the game, I forgot the game. Where do you search for recognition from others at all costs? Next question, where do you absolutely want to promotion next question where do you demand recognition or where do you want to force your opinion on others that means my opinion is the only one opinion this is swiss mindset if the swiss people think donald trump is a loser then he's a loser it's just one option because he's a human being another question is where do you want to gain in position so that you can feel valuable. And these are very, 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 very good leadership questions. I know those questions to ask makes everyone a little bit nervous because you realize, oh, there are some areas I need change and I need a healing moment with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's very important that we have to think our lives backwards, backwards. Wherever you are right now, it's not the problem. To be thankful means let's think backwards. Let's do this with four different movies. Are you ready? If you look backwards, the great white shark movie. The great shark movie. 
the great shoe movie. He kills everyone, right? But you think backwards, it's a movie about a shark who spits out the people. Until they open a beach bar. Just think backwards. Or the movie Godzilla. Godzilla is a friendly giant lizard helping to rebuild an, a city and then moonwalking back into the ocean. What's about the movie Titanic? Think of the movie backwards, Titanic. It's a heartwarming story of a ship emerging from the sea, saving a bunch of people from drawing. When we think the story of Ahab in the Bible backwards, a man who hates God, if you think that story backwards, is a man who is created from God Almighty. That's the thing. We are created from and by God Almighty. That means whatever I do, it's not so much important because the value and the honor and the applause I get already in the beginning when God formed and shaped me. And often we forget we are a creation. The reason that you're existing, that you're living right now means you are loved by God. And we are not attached of when we do something, we get applause and emails and feedbacks. The biggest feedback, the biggest applause when I close my eyes is that God Almighty is saying to me, your faithful servant, well done, come to me in my heaven. Never forget where everything has started. Doesn't matter how gifted you are. The point number two, instead of controlling and manipulation, really trust God. I told you in the beginning that Ahab, he didn't care about people. But if you want to manipulate people and control people, you have to be smart. And he did two things to please the people. He built a big temple of Baal. And the, the God of Baal, he was in charge of rain. He was the God of rain. And he said to people, if you praise and worship Baal, you will be successful. You will never uh, run out of anything. He will give you everything what you desire. And the second thing is he built the statue of Asherah. And the Asherah was a symbol of fruitfulness. And he had in the temple some prostitution. A prostitution. Prostitution, yeah. You can go to the temple, you had some sex, and he said, guys, if you praise and worship her in terms of sexuality, you can do everything what you like. Here's the thing, money, fame, and sex, and all the people, they were super pleased. Manipulation, it's a very, very fragile thing. Because I want to tell you a story about a very, very famous guy in America. He, God gave him the healing gift. And healing gift means there's a lot of, 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 of power. God has given you a lot of power. And he held, healed people. And one day he was invited in a very, very big church. And they invited him for a healing session. And he knew that God has given him the healing power. But all of a sudden, when he felt like he's not connecting with the people, he took his, uh, his, his T-shirt or his shirt and he smashed the shirt to a guy and saying, P 
be healed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Because he read in the, in the, in the first church, they, they brought some clothes and they were in, with the clothes they get healed immediately. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was asking him, what are you doing? He said, yeah, I want to create a little bit, little bit like an atmosphere. And the Holy Spirit was asking me, have I asked you to smash your T-shirt to that guy? I said, no. Why are you doing that? I said, I'm not connecting with the people. And I felt I want to create a little bit an atmosphere. And it was the last time in his whole ministry when God used him to heal people. After that mass church, his healing power was gone forever. Manipulation can be that you tell your story always too big. You're saying, we were 1,000. And a year ago, you're saying, we were 5,000. You know, you make your story bigger. You know, say, ah, it's not about the number, it's about the story. No, it's not always about the truth. A number matters, people matters. And you can manipulate in, in so many different areas. Sometimes even... In marriages, uh, the woman is saying, if you want to have sex with me tonight, you have to cook. This is manipulation. That's not love. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stories. Of, for example, when you, have, uh, when you have children, often, when they have, you have your own house, parents are saying, this is your room. Is this really the room of the kids or are the furniture chosen by you? And even the color, you know what they're talking about? Or you say, oh, kids, this is your room. Take whatever you want. Change your furniture, whatever you want. Often the moment, you cannot change it because I don't like it. Manipulation, it's a very, very thin line. And this is really a dangerous thing. And I have to trust that God is in charge of everything. Sometimes people, people come up to me and say, Pastor Leo, I don't like certain things in ICF. I say, hey, me too. There's a lot of things in ICF. I don't like it. But you're the leader. Yeah. If I'm the leader, it doesn't mean everything goes according I like, I love. Running a church means we're doing this together and certain things, leader doing certain things different than I will do. And for me, it means let it go. Let it go. And I have to trust that God is in charge of your own life. Same thing with our worship team. They're writing songs. If I would write songs, I would write them differently. More like... No, they do it differently. And I have to trust that God is in charge of everything. And you cannot control everything the way you like. The last point, instead of passivity and inability to deal with conflict, assume self-responsibility. And here is an amazing thing. Ahab was a leader. He killed people. He conquered land. It doesn't matter how much blood he shared. But sometimes people are very successful in one area, in, in a company, in a business. You're giving everything in times of money. But when the same people coming home, they're lazy. Two stories in the life of Ahab. First King 19, verse 1 and 2. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and said, and here's the thing, when Elijah came home, he was passive. All of a sudden he did nothing anymore. 
And Jezebel was all of a sudden in the lead. And the second story is when he saw a vineyard, and he said, that vineyard, I need that vineyard for myself. And he went to the vineyard, and he asked the guy, how much do you want to have for that vineyard? And Naboth said, I don't sell that vineyard to you. And Ahab asked the question, why not? And he went home, the king who can speak one word. A king is in lead of everything. That king who killed all the people, conquered land, came home and said, Jezebel, wife, I want to have the vineyard. And he got very mad and very angry. Now read that Bible verse to you as well. In 1 Kings 21 verse 7, Jezebel, his wife said, Is this now you act as a king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I will get you the vineyard of Naboth to Jezreelite. Oops. And he took the thing and he killed that guy. And I want to ask you a question. At home, are you a leader? Or you are passive. I know a lot of people, a lot of men, they are super successful. They're giving everything in a company. They're working like 14 hours. When they come home, they're lazy and passive and do nothing anymore. And it could be that passivity is an area in your life. And like, for example, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. You stand up and do something. And you get passive because you're afraid of comforting people or saying something to the people. In closing, I had to learn, I grew up in, a, I was brought up in a family of five kids. We never talked, we never shared about certain things. When my brother did something which my father was not agree, we never had a fight. My father never said anything. Can you imagine, I grew up like this, I was more harmony. I never fight about anything. When I came to ISAF, when I became a leader, and a leader means I have to get up and stand up and say, this is the way we do it. I had to confront people and I was so low and weak. And I had to learn to kick that spirit of passivity out of my life and I had to say, this is our DNA. This is our vision. This is the calling of God. If you not agree, I don't have a problem, but then find please another church. And that was super hard for me. I had to learn in a hard way to open my mouth and kicking out the spirit of passivity. The good news about the message is always the cross. We, never, we will never end a message without the cross because the cross is a symbol from a minus, God turns into a plus. In the cross, there is hope. And I ask our worship leader, Dave Kuhl, what, what is the key for you when you hear a message like this? What is the, the, the meaning of a message like this? And I ask Dave Kuhl, the question, when you hear a message about Ahab, what is the key for you to overcome those spirits in your life? Yes, well, I know this very well because my life is like that tree. Um, and sometimes I realize my fruits are rotten and there must be something wrong with my roots. So uh, when the Holy Spirit talks to me, I 
write it down and I start to speak the, tr the truth of God over my life that I read in the Bible or that uh, the Holy Spirit tells me how he sees me so I can grow a healthy self. For example, I was a person that uh, was really addicted to what other people would think of me. So it would show when I have an argument or people would mock me or, or um, criticize my work, I would be offended really easily. And I started to speak out this prayer every day over my life and say, I'm not looking for approval of other people because the way God sees me is who I am. And this little prayer changed my life. It changed the way I think. It changed the way how I interact with other people because I grew healthy roots. And I, um, it, it's, it's a, lot of, uh, a lot more than just positive thinking or speaking a little courage to myself. I, I see it like God is holding a gift out, the gift of freedom to be my true self. And if I speak these truths over me, it's like I take that gift and, and make it my own. And I tried that in various uh, um, areas in my life, like if I would have worries or uh, with my fantasy or, or over my health, and it really works. So that's how I, I um, deal with this root system. It's very important because otherwise I'm your boss as well because uh, yeah, I'm the boss of ICF can imagine uh, I give you feedback and you're seeking for an approval. That is very hard for you. Then you feel, okay, Leo is not believing in me anymore. I'm not doing a good job and all of a sudden the devil has you. He has the excellent point that you start doubting and all of a sudden the roots becoming more and more strong and it grows and the fruits are not good anymore. That's very important that you're speaking out that is truth. I am not manipulative and I am not jealous and I am not greedy and I am not bitter speak out I am generous I am loved I am gifted my heart is right my spirit is focused and I speak out those two for so long until my root systems getting healthy and more and more and then the behaviors will be so good for everyone it's obvious that the Lord is in your life in a gigantic way and right now I want to ask the Holy Spirit to give you right now a revelation about the message and can I ask you to do a favor could you close our eyes for a moment because I believe really from a bottom of my heart when we give room for the Holy Spirit he will speak he will minister because there's no other name than the name of Jesus Christ who can forgive set free heal, restore, equip and give us a hope and a vision who is bigger than my circumstances. And Holy Spirit, here we are. You know my deepest longings and you know my deepest motivation and you see why I do what I do. Is there anything in my life? Is there anything in my life where I need the change? I want to be more like Christ. And I don't want to be stuck in those issues because I want to live a life of freedom. I want to ask you just be quiet for a moment 
because I believe from the bottom of my heart that the Holy Spirit speaks to those they are seeking, they are longing for an advice, for a coaching from the Holy Spirit. trust your sovereignty when there is no clarity because I can't sit forever in my disappointment and pain. I'm going to stand. Fear loves to live in you. Fear loves to keep you where you are. Fear wants you to do what you have always done and never do anything else. Fear wants to shackle your pot 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 potential and fear always wants to limit you. The Word of God has a power in it like nothing else. Jesus, I'm afraid. Jesus, let's do it. And there are moments when you are in a ladder, when you are facing an area where you're super afraid. Pray, grab, hold. Please, don't give up.